Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Illman. You can see his photos at ProStarPix.com, read his latest F1 blog at KimIllman.com or follow him on Instagram at KimIllman. My name's Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the Austrian GP that just happened over the weekend. How you doing Kim? I'm uh, doing exceptionally well. I'm uh, at the moment standing at my hotel window looking out at the Matterhorn in Zermatt in Switzerland. There's a 10-day break between uh, yesterday's race or the other day's race finishing and me having to be in Britain for the GP, so I've decided to come here and uh, I'm not disappointed with my decision. And how was the weather throughout the week? It seemed uh, very warm. No, it was hot. It was <laughs> it was quite hot. Hard work, um, but it's just the most glorious venue to have a Grand Prix in. It's unlike so many of the races. A, traffic is unbelievably good. I was driving from Graz to the track 50 minutes, except for one day we had a, ha- a hassle on the freeway. But around the track, there's, there's no drama whatsoever. You get off the freeway straight into the track. Uh, the track itself has this beautiful surround of forest and uh, mountains behind it. There's no wire. So when you're faced with shooting uh, from the track, you don't have to worry about wire fencing, say somewhere like Melbourne or um, other street circuits like um, Baku, there's wire three metres high the whole way around, and it makes shooting tricky. Not impossible, but tricky. Here, you have none of that impediment. It's simply walk up to the edge of the uh, Armco, it's waist high, shoot whatever you want, um, and the shots that we get are pretty good. There's some lovely signature shots there, and uh, I really enjoyed the event and the people. And what's the turnout like for the Austrian GP? Is it as uh, big as other ones? Big, big numbers. It's um, hundreds of thousands over the weekend and uh, a lot of Dutch. And as if, you, if you watched it on TV, you would have seen the orange stand, mm. lots of people wearing orange Max T-shirts. And they, their wish came true, of course. Max snaffled the lead late in the race. I was disappointed. I really wanted to see Charles win. And uh, he led up until uh, about three laps to go when we were standing uh, where were we standing? In the uh, Park Ferme area, waiting to get out in a tunnel, waiting to get out. So there was this huge cheer at the grandstand, and uh, some of the guys that had uh, communications uh, in the tunnel were feeding us what was happening. So great result for the Dutch, and they partied long and hard into the night. And uh, I think it was great for F1. We didn't have Lewis. And that's right, he wasn't even on the podium this mm. time. This is the first time this year he's not, uh, he's had to exit. The, the race through the FIA garage and uh, that's great for the sport great for the sport yeah Max did pull off an impressive win and I wanted to ask in relation to that how did he seem before and after and how were his fans the fans um, were out on the track because they allow the fans to get off the main pitch straight at the end of the race and they were just going off um, singing and dancing and they were there for many hours afterwards not that I witnessed it because I was doing other stuff but um, I could hear them singing from the media centre uh, it was just a great result for the Dutch. And, of course, next year, when we go to Zandvoort in uh, Holland, uh, there'll be even more of those orange T-shirt wearing men and women, mostly men, though. So what is the paddock, pit and media centre like here in Austria? Okay, so the media centre is on the third floor of the main grandstand in Pitt Strait. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, you have to catch a very slow lift up and a very slow lift down. So if you need to get to the paddock quickly, you have to bear in mind that there's a delay in getting up and down. Once you get down to the ground level, you then have to walk down another set of stairs, go underneath the track, 
in a beautiful air-conditioned tunnel, unlike, say, the tunnel that uh, we endure in Budapest, which is just a daggy thing, concrete thing. Um, and you come up into the paddock and bang, you're, you're into the, uh, the paddock uh, in general, and it's beautiful. It's wide, expanse. Uh, all the motorhomes look great in there. So it's one of the best setups if you discount the fact that as um, photographers, we are quite away from the action. The opposite of that, the polar opposite of that, is in Japan at Suzuka, where our media center is right in the middle of the paddock. You walk out the door and drivers are walking backwards and forwards past you. So that that's the, the two ends of the scale. The paddock itself, um, most of the drivers come in one entrance, Except uh, Sebastian, who rode his bike in through a second entrance. I missed him the first couple of days. But for the last two days, Saturday and Sunday, all the drivers are... I don't even know if they're required or requested because uh, there is a what they call a green carpet. and It's the red carpet, but it's uh, Austrianized with green. And they have probably three, 400 spectators who um, hang around out the front in the hope of getting a selfie or an autograph with their favourite driver. So the drivers will pull up on the Saturday and Sunday. They'll get out, they'll walk through the green carpet, and then they'll walk underneath the tunnel into the paddock. And all the time, they're just hounded by people for selfies and uh, for autographs. But Lewis rode his motorbike in, so he, at the, the Saturday, he just bypassed the whole event. Now, there's something interesting there. He actually used a, uh, a black minivan to shield him from the the patrons, he rode at the same speed on the other side of this black minivan uh, so that not too many of those people who were waiting actually saw him. And certainly the photographers where we were standing, we missed the shots. There was only one guy that got the shot, and that was on the other side of the van. So that was a, a clever and sneaky move by Lewis to get past these people with very few of them recognising him. Also, Kimi Raikkonen rode a motorbike on the Saturday and Sunday. Now, I'm pretty sure Kimmy didn't do the walk and Lance Stroll on the Sunday rode a motorbike and didn't do the walk. But most of the other drivers would stop, get out of their cars, they'd do the walk, they'd sign, they'd talk, probably spend 15 to 20 minutes there, then they were over to the paddock. Um, actually, Nico, when he came in on the Sunday, <laughs> he, he said, Gary, he, um, he did a bit of a burnout there and uh, sprayed a bit of dust, <laughs> gravel, uh, made a bit of a scene, but more so Lewis after he'd done a few autographs on the Sunday because he stopped on the Sunday, didn't take his helmet off, just did the outside lane of people. He then uh, spun the tyres a little bit on the dirt and gravel or looked behind to make sure there were no photographers who were going to get sprayed. And then he went up and, and did this magnificent burnout with his rear wheels screaming and white smoke pouring out the back, which seemed to delight certainly the media and I would imagine the fans on the other side, although we couldn't see them because we're this cloud of white smoke in between us. The tunnel you mentioned crossing earlier, is that where the Nicky Lauda memorial was? It is. They uh, On one side, they have these huge pictures of uh, past greats in the sport. And the other side is normally nothing. But given that Austrian Nicky died um, earlier this year, they had, I'm thinking, 20 to 30 pictures of him all down that left-hand side. And um, they were nicely lit. And I didn't notice on the first day, but the second day I walked past and thought, oh, that's one of my pictures. It was a shot I took of Nicky in Canada in 2017 where he was in the hospitality suite for Mercedes. And look, it looks like a posed shot. It's that nice. The lighting's perfect. The background's perfect. But it was just a fluky shot where I, I shot five or six images quickly. He was looking over his shoulder straight at me. 
And uh, I was delighted to see that they'd used that shot in this walk of fame. Um, and lots of people were having a look at it as they uh, went across. And I'm pretty proud that one of mine was good enough to make for that walk. You also got the chance to follow Lando Norris on one of the days through his routine. What was that like? It was good. Uh, I got to see him relaxed, uh, prepping for FP1. I got to go in the garage with him and um, watch him interact with his engineers there. And, and he jokes with them and stands around. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether that calms the nerves or whether that's something he does every time. But it was good being at close quarters with him, photographing him standing there, um, entertaining these three mechanics on his team. Then, of course, he puts his balaclava on. One wasn't quite the right size. It was a larger size than normal, so he took that off and put his standard balaclava on. His trainer is John Malvin, a lovely fella, with a very healthy beard on the man. He stands by and just hands Lando whatever he needs, makes sure he's um, got everything he needs to get into that car. And then I uh, headed out on the track to do... um, what I think is the signature shot in Austria. It's uh, second, it's the last corner, but you actually stand on the second last corner and you shoot the car going away from you with red and white of the um, runoff area in the foreground and the background is red and white of the Austrian flag, which is on a hill in the far, in the, far in the background. And it's just the most loveliest shot. Everyone gets it and um, you're mad if you don't, but yeah, no, no other shot like it. In um, yeah, in the twenty other other twenty races, there's nothing that stacks up to it. So uh, I spent about half an hour there and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. F1 on and off the track is presented by ProStarPicks.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPicks.com at the end of this podcast. There was also a few avid fans of F1 who were camped out near Turn One. What was their setup like? They have um, thousands camping because there's not too many hotels around the joint. Lots of people come in tents. They provide tents. You can rent a, a, a pre-structured tent. You can rent small little cabins there as well. But these guys, and I've seen them the last two years, come with a crane and they hoist this huge Mercedes metal logo and it's probably five feet high. And on top is a red Nicky cap and it's strung, I'm thinking three or four metres above the ground and tethered to the ground so the thing doesn't sway around too much. Then they have this swimming pool, this inflatable wading pool with lots of water in it and then they have a, a blow-up. Well, you just have to have a look at my picture from <laughs> Thursday. It's, uh, oh, it's a, it's a, it looks like a sex doll, a huge big sex doll, and it's uh, urinating into the, the wading pool. But they seem to get away with it. I, I noticed it was there on the Saturday as well, so no one's obviously complained. They're just good fun lads, and then they have this uh, stereo pumping, and they've got cutouts of the drivers stuck everywhere. It's almost like a, a theme park for mm. F1 fans, and it's just there's one area that would measure oh, 10, 15 metres by 15 metres, and is a, it's visible from the track when you walk up to the fan zone. They're just the other side of the fence. They can't see the track, but they just sit out there and enjoy, the, uh, I guess, the atmosphere of the Austrian Grand Prix in picturesque Spielberg. Now, you also captured a moment of Mara San Giorgio blocking some photographers. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yeah, Mara's uh, an Italian TV presenter, uh, works with Federica Mazzolin, and um, she was just 
having a laugh with these photographers who have long lenses. So she put her hands up in front of both of their lenses and uh, made a joke. And I said, well, turn around and face me. And uh, she did that and she put back her hands across both of these big 600mm lenses. And uh, it's a nice picture. Um, but there are so many nice pictures to be had and, and so many moments. Um, and I'll jump to this now, but uh, when Charles got his pole position on Saturday, mm. I was out the back of the um, garages because I thought oh, I'll get the non-top three winners, non-top three places. And uh, I was standing watching Mia Jasic along with Britta Roeski and Sylvia, the three media ladies from Ferrari. And I was listening on my headphones to the, the call of the last couple of minutes of uh, qualifying. So in my ear, I'm hearing that there's two minutes to go and um, Charles is looking good and this is happening. But what I'm seeing with my eyes is Britta with this broad grin giving me this lovely hug. And uh, unfortunately, she was just shielded behind Sylvia, so I couldn't get a show of that, but I got a show of the moments after. And then I realized that I'm probably a minute and a half, two minutes delayed because of the internet. And uh, I'm witnessing them celebrating what's actually happened, which, uh-huh. of course, was Charles made him uh, made himself uh, popular with his fans by putting himself on pole, and Britta was uh, happy for, for Mia. Well, let's switch over and talk about Daniel Ricciardo now. His birthday just went by, so do you know if he had anything special planned? No, I've got no idea what he did. Uh, I know he took off on Sunday night from Spielberg somewhere, Uh I did get a beautiful photo of him after the race. Max had just won. Park Ferme, all the other cars that uh, didn't make the top three were parked probably 10 metres away. And Daniel was walking towards Max, who had just finished being interviewed. And uh, I thought, right, well, there could be a coming together here. And it turns out I was right. Max uh, uh, saw Daniel coming, and and Daniel walked up and congratulated him on uh, his win which was a miraculous win, really. Mm. It came so late in the race. But uh, I, I put that on Instagram. Well, my God, didn't that go crazy? It's crazy. My biggest ever post, and by uh, probably 15 to 20% higher than my previous best. So as as I continue to, to get a grip on Instagram, I, I really understand what people want. And certainly the people that are following me don't want car pictures. Nice car picture, maybe a crash. Yeah, that's interesting. What they want, is they want to see the human side of this sport. They want to see people hugging. They want to see the emotion of uh, disappointment, elation. So uh, I, I tend to now focus, not exclusively exclusively on it, but I certainly do focus on that aspect more so than um, pretty car pitches. And to that end, I will not go out on the track until all of the drivers have left and gone over to their garages, and I will come back before the end of the session, whereas in the past, I'd go out. 20 minutes before the start of a session and come back 20 minutes after. Your Instagram definitely shows that there's a lot more to F1 than the race itself. Continuing to talk about Daniel, he was also asked a lot about his two penalties last race. What was his response? Yeah, I listened to him answer that question five or six times from five or six different journalists in the um, uh, interviews out the back of the garage. And, And he just said, look, I thought I probably deserved one, but I didn't think the second one. And I would have thought they would have thought that it was all one event, so they should have treated it as one penalty, i.e. five seconds for the whole lot, not two times five seconds. But um, that's that's what happened, so he just had to wear it. I also heard him being asked a couple of times about schnitzels, and he was raving on about how good the schnitzels are 
and how you had to have them. You have to have the salad, you have to have the potatoes, and you had to have the cranberry sauce. And funny about that, because I'd had a schnitzel the night before in town, and I, and I agree that if you're going to have a schnitzel, you have it in Austria, the home of the Wiener schnitzel. Um, and so I put a post up um, about that on the Thursday night, saying that uh, there was probably a high percentage of probability that Daniel was enjoying a schnitzel the night prior, and uh, Michael, his trainer, put a comment on saying, yep, 100% confirmed, yep, schnitzels were had last night, so it was nice that um, Team Ricardo is following what's going on on that uh, on that page. Daniel also gets along well with Zach from Ziggo Sports, who uh, you also got a moment with, I believe. Jack, and I don't even know how you pronounce his last name, Ploy, but he's a tremendous fellow, a real character, and any Dutchman will know Jack because he's the face of the, uh, he and Ollie are the faces of the TV broadcast, and they're quite prominent and prevalent in the paddock. And Jack I photographed a number of times in some beautiful moments with Dan. I photographed Dan giving him a hug one time, and on the Friday I caught Jack and Daniel having a chat behind the garage for television, obviously, and I caught Jack with this huge laugh on his face, and uh, Daniel had just said something that um, broke him up. I used the picture on my page and then he found it and asked if he could use it. And I, I more than happily said yes. But then I was out in uh, on Sunday just prior to the race. He was standing in the pit and I walked up with my camera for a laugh and was about to take a photo and he just launches into this crazy overt I'm uh, commentating mode and he's playing up for my camera. And uh, I, I too like that shot. I think it's uh, it shows the great character of this fella. And almost all of the broadcasters um, that I've met are really great people. None of them are, um, I guess, ego-driven. Certainly not to me. They seem nice people. They're happy to have a chat. And uh, I think they're happy to have their photos featured because oftentimes they're just on telly. They're not the subject of photographs. And, yeah, I I tend to take note of them. Well, we're starting to wrap up here. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Final thoughts? I wish all of the, the races were as good as the Austrian one, both for the thrill of the the actual race, for the beauty of the shots. And there was a shot um, which I really fell in love with at uh, Turn 1. The cars exit Turn 1 and head down towards the hill. But there's some beautifully, brightly coloured curbing that you take the shot tight of the car going away. And someone like a a car like a BWT, which has got lots of contrast. Um, What else looks good? The... um, Aston Martin logo on the back of the Red Bull car looks super against this um, background of the out-of-focus rest of the track and the beautiful foreground of all that curbing. And uh, we don't often get shots like that. So to find that one, to find the shot uh, and the signature shot with a red and white flag, all the, uh, the, the dark forest behind the cars brightly lit, it's a real photographer's paradise. So uh, that's gone for another year. And now we're heading off to Britain, which you know, I'm not a fan of the British track. There's a couple of good shots there, but it's stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Accommodation is um, a challenge at best, expensive, and uh, the weather is really as good as it is here. Although having said that, last year it was stinking hot, and um, unfortunately most of the hotels don't come equipped with air conditioning, so sleeping at night is not really uh, a joy. But anyway, um, no complaints. Exciting times. Uh, you can see all of my stuff on Instagram. And uh, I'm putting up a post in just a second uh, talking about Valtteri Bottas and what he ingests just prior to getting out um, and doing the race. Thank you very much for your time today, Kim. 
See you uh, in sunny Britain. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPics.com or KimIlman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at KimIlman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPics.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.